So what's up, everybody? The actual Holy Backboard episode for this week will be out later, um, you know, since New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, you know, we have uh, other commitments that we have to uh, do instead of record the pod, but, you know, it's been a little while, so I wanted to drop a bonus episode, and this bonus episode is the draft reactions to the 2012 draft when we picked up Damian Lillard, Myers Leonard, and Will Barton. It's the original members of the Holy Backboard, which is Dustin, who's still here, and then Matt, his homeboy. And I happen to be running the boards. I don't know if I actually talked much in this. I know I did the intros because I had to. And then Shalmar Clark, one of our good buddies. So it should be a fun throwback episode. You get to see, you know, the the picks that they got right and wrong. I know Dustin studied his ass off for this 2012 draft since it was so important since Blazers traded Gerald Wallace for the pick that was that turned out to be Damian Lillard it's a lot of fun and you know we'll be back with some holy backboard later this week so until then enjoy this throwback let's go I was digging that. This is KPSU Portland's College Radio, 98.1 FM on the PSU campus, streaming worldwide 24-7 at kpsu.org. You know, I looked forward to this all day. You know, I, I had two very dope shows, but what I looked forward to most was doing this podcast with these wonderful gentlemen from the Holy Backboard and my good buddy, a brother from another mother, Shalmar Clark. So I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. And let's get this on and popping. Thank you very much, Sage. Good evening, everybody. It's good to have you with us. I'm Matt. And I'm Dustin. We're at the Holy Backboard Podcast. And of course, we got Shalomar Clark. From Student of the Game Blog. It's good to have you guys here. Well, what an evening. Uh, Blazers draft. Not a not a ton of unexpected events happen. Uh, Kings kind of panned out as we thought they should. Uh, let's just start off by talking about the draft in general. Uh who you thought your winners and losers were? Uh, Dustin, who do you think won? Who do you think lost? I think the, the two biggest winners um, obviously had to come from the Pacific Division. I really loved what the Sacramento Kings did. They just stood pat at number five. They didn't bite on any of the offers from the Rockets. Um, for Kyle Lowry, they went out and they got Thomas Robinson. And I'm telling you, no team is going to want to play the Sacramento Kings with a Thomas Robinson to Marcus Cousins front court. That's going to be nasty. That's a lot of scoring power. And I also liked uh, what the Golden State Warriors did. You know, Harrison Barnes falls right into their lap. He's going to fit nicely into a starting lineup that already consists of Steph Curry, David Lee, Andrew Bogut, and Klay Thompson. And they also, I think, got the steal of the draft in Draymond Green out of Michigan State in the second round. So to me, the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings, hands down, are the winners of the draft. Well, uh, yeah, okay, what about what do you think for losers there? Losers, we got to look at at Cleveland. I think they really reached for Dion Waiters at number four. It's he may have been hot on a lot of teams' radar, but 
Syracuse players in the past just haven't panned out. So I think that's a really risky pick at number four, especially when they seemed so high on Harrison Barnes. And I thought they should have taken Thomas Robinson to pair with Kyrie Irving, regardless of having Tristan yeah. Thompson or not. Yeah, Thomas Robinson was there. I mean, Johnny I mean, Flynn comes to mind as, as point guards that haven't panned out. I mean, you got so. Johnny Flynn. You have Billy Owens, Wesley Johnson. I mean, even Carmelo Anthony is really just, to me, like a Glenn Big Dog Robinson. So Syracuse players, for whatever reason, under Jimmy Beheim just haven't really panned out. And the, my other loser has got to be the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'm not really too high on Tyler Zeller, but when he fell to them at number 17, I thought that was great value. And they flipped him for the 24th pick and two second rounders to Cleveland. And they take Jared Cunningham, who I uh, who I liked, but I liked in the second round. I thought the first round was a little too high for. I, for I was pretty surprised to see him go that high. Uh, obviously, as, as a Beaver fan, I felt like he came out way too early. I was criticizing him. I thought that he was going to go like late second round if he was drafted at all. Uh, and he obviously improved his draft stock a lot just through workouts and whatnot. And uh, I was impressed. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the guy. I would have loved to have him back next year. I think Oregon State would have. Competed a lot better. Definitely. And I was I was them. hoping the Trailblazers would be able to pick him up in the second round. Uh, I compared him to like a young Larry Hughes being able to, you know, hit the outside shot, but just be a thief in the passing lanes and wreak yeah. havoc on the defense. But yeah, his offensive game needs work. It's, uh, you know, it's a work in progress. He, you know, he's not, he's a decent shooter. He's pretty good at getting to the basket, getting to the line. But uh, as soon as uh, early on in the year, he was, you know, he was scoring at will, but defenses started really keying in on him. And it seemed like he really tailed off uh, towards the end of the year. And yeah, he's going to have a lot of work to do. They're uh, projecting that he's going to be a point guard. Uh, and I, I think that's going to be a detriment to his career. Yeah, if, if they're if they're going to try to shoehorn him into a, into a point guard position, but he's not a great shooter. Uh, not a great shooter off the dribble, so it's kind of hard to put him at off guard. So he can't shoot in his natural position. Is not or his natural instincts aren't to pass first, so I just don't see how that's going to work. Yeah, but you know he's got a lot of room to grow. He's a freak of an athlete, so um, you know some people want to want to say that he might turn into a, a, a Russell Westbrook kind of player. I don't I don't see it, but Russell Westbrook didn't show a lot of passing ability when he was at UCLA. He didn't have to because he had Darren Collison playing point for him. But it just seems like. They already had Roddy Bobois on the roster. It seems like a little bit of a, a replication. I think they could have done better with that pick. But yeah, I can see that that pick. And then uh, the second round, they got Bernard James, uh, pretty good big body, um, but yeah, nothing nothing spectacular. So you know, yeah, Tyler Zeller seems like a guy that could have come in. And that they you know, right now they have Brennan Haywood at center. Uh, I feel like yeah, I feel like Tyler Zeller could have helped him out a little bit. But there. I will give them credit for taking my second my second round Jim Jay Crowder who was the Big East player of the year at Marquette, um, reminded me of a little bit of this year's Kenneth Reed. Undersized, but just got work done. I feel like that pe- teams are going to look back at this draft in two or three years and be like, why did we not take this guy earlier? I know he's short. I know he didn't measure out well, but there's some things you just can't teach. There's a few guys like that. Paul Millsap comes to mind. Paul, I mean, yeah. a lot of people defy the odds. You can't just look at the measurables and say we're taking this kid or not. And I, I think he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, Marquette guys tend to do well in the NBA. I mean, look at Wesley Matthews and Dwayne Wade. And, you know, they had a couple guys come out. Darius Johnson Odom as well. So they're starting to become a nice little basketball factory up there in Wisconsin. So my winner was definitely the Kings. I put them uh, far above everybody else uh, getting uh, Thomas Robinson um, to put next to DeMarcus Cousins. Um, and as for losers, yeah, I, I had to 
go with the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. Uh, I felt like they really reached um, to take Deion Waiters, but you know, it sounds like you know I, I've heard a lot of people say that you know a lot of GMs had him pretty high up. So it's you know someone had to have him high up because before the draft combine came out, you know he was mid teens. Then all of a sudden, a report comes out that he shut everything down. He's not doing interviews or workouts, and people are speculating it's. Phoenix at 13 that gave him the promise. And then a week before the draft, it's it's Portland at 6. And then just two days before the draft, it came out that maybe Cleveland would actually take him at 4. So maybe there were more suitors than just Cleveland. And they felt like they wouldn't get enough value to trade down. So they just had to get the guy that they wanted. Yeah. Uh, another loser I have is uh, the Detroit Pistons. Part of that's just I didn't like Andre Drummond. I don't like the fact that he has no offensive game. Uh, I didn't see a lot of uh, motivation from him and hustle, and he just didn't seem like you know he seems like one of those big guys that's just he's there because he's a really big body. Uh, he's got some of the physical tools. He's a good athlete, but uh, I just don't know if he's ever going to put it together. You know, at, at that pick, you, maybe you kind of you know, have who, to. Who pick would you him. have liked to have seen them take there? I felt like a lot of the top prospects were off the board there. Well, I just don't know if they needed a big guy. I mean, I guess. Having, I think they wanted to put Greg Monroe at power forward and get a nice center to go alongside him. Yeah, I mean that's and that's you know, that's fair, but you know those are two guys that they're both projects. I didn't see a whole lot out of Monroe last year. That was his second uh, second year last year, wasn't it? Was yeah, yeah, it was the second year, and you know it has the potential to be a pretty good you know pretty good front court in the future. But I think it's going to be a while. I think Drummond's going to take a while to develop, especially on the offensive. I don't but think they're going to get any for scoring. a team like Detroit, though. I think it makes perfect sense. He was the best player available at that pick. He slipped a bit. Yes, there are concerns about him, but I don't think you're going to lose sleep at night if he doesn't pan out. If you take him at the ninth pick, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a, it's a decent risk reward. So, you know, and they are rebuilding. It's not like they're trying to contend right away. They have a they started a 19 year old point guard, Brandon Knight, last year, and so. I think they can wait for Drummond to mature, and you know, if it pans out, they're gonna be riding that all the way to the bank. Yeah. You know, what surprised you in the draft? Uh, well, obviously Cleveland uh, moving up or uh, picking Waters, Waiters where he where they did. Um, I'm trying to think. Let's see. You know, I was really surprised to see uh, Perry Jones drop all the way down to 28. I know he had the knee issues that just came out before the draft, as well as. You know, his his motor, maybe his lack of position. But I really thought he would go a lot sooner than 28. Yeah. I was a little surprised Robinson dropped us down to fifth. Um, Definitely. I mean, he was arguably the best player in college basketball last year. And he... Well, I think Davis had had a corner on that market, but... He did win one of the Player of the Year awards. Yeah. And he did single-handedly bring Kansas to the national title game. So, yeah, to see Robinson go fifth was a pretty big slip. But mine was there were no trades. That was a huge surprise to me, too. I mean, it just seems like a lot of times on draft. But I think that has to do with the depth of the draft. There were so many. I mean, it really, I, I feel like you look at the players through the first round. It seems like most of them, you're like, yeah, that guy could definitely be be a player in the NBA. A lot of times you see these players towards the end of the first round, especially uh, in the high 20s. And you just feel like eh, he, maybe they'll pan out. It's a you know really big if. I look at this draft from, you know, in the first round and even the second round. I feel like a lot of players taken in the second round, you're looking at them and you're like, you know, these guys could have been first round talent. And you feel like they have a chance, you know, I feel like pretty much everybody in the first round uh, is going is going to make a NBA roster. And 
and you know not just make a roster but contribute and then uh, a lot of players in the second round will make rosters and contribute as well so it's a deep draft and as far as another surprise how does miles Plumley go 26 i mean this is a guy when i was doing mock drafts putting together a database getting 60 players ready wasn't even on the list i went to draft express nbadraft.net none of these um websites had this guy in the top 60 and, and the Pacers go and take and him. And the, the Pacers first go round. and take him when they already have Roy Hibbert. Yeah. I mean, I know Roy Hibbert's a restricted free agent, but they'd be very foolish not to match any offer at him. So, I mean, just thinking about that, the Pacers are definitely one of my losers as well. I just don't see how they could have taken him when a player like Perry Jones, Draymond Green, Jay Crowder, Kyle O'Quinn, Darius Johnson Odom, there just were so many better prospects on the board at 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 that pick. Yeah. You know, but we're here for one reason. That's to talk uh, Trailblazers basketball. What do you think about adding uh, the three picks that they did? Oh, I I was happy with it. I I wanted point guard and center to be shored up. I feel like other positions. Uh, obviously, if we re-sign Nicholas Batum, uh, I feel like obviously power forward. We got Lamarcus Aldridge. I even feel like shooting guard between Elliot Williams and uh, Wesley Matthews. We have that that position pretty short up. I would have I would have been okay with a shooting guard, but uh, I feel like. Getting Damian Lillard, uh, he's not only just a point guard, he's a point guard who can really shoot. And I feel like when you're playing, you know, playing with a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge, who's willing to pass, uh, if he's going to draw a double team, you have to have a point guard that can shoot. Um, I felt like we lacked that last year, at least until, uh, until later in the season. And so, uh, I think it's, you know, I think that's really helping. I, we saw what happens with, uh, uh, with Andre Miller, and when you have a point guard that can't shoot and you just have players sagging in and daring him to shoot from the outside, I think Damien's going to be a really good three-point shooter. He obviously shot above 40% in college, and uh, so I was really happy with that pick. Um feel like we didn't reach. We just, you know, we got the, a good player right there. And it's I, definitely a philosophy that works. The Houston Rockets won two titles by surrounding Hakeem Olajuwon with a bunch of shooters. No, I'm not calling old Marcus Aldridge Hakeem Olajuwon, but... If you can get L.A. in the post and just get him into his beast mode, there's nobody that can stop him. So if you can force the double team and you spot up shooters all around him, it's going to be pick your poison for the defense. Yeah. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes obviously um, went right after us and, uh, you know, it at least made you stop and think a little bit, well, would you like to have had Harrison Barnes? But um you know, maybe you could take him, and then you wouldn't have to worry about resigning Nicholas Batum, sign a point guard. There, there are chances that that could have worked out, but I really, I really like Lillard. I feel like he definitely can be, and I, I feel that he will be our point guard of the future, and that shores that up. And we've, we haven't had a, you know, a really, we've had, we've had good serviceable point guards, but we haven't had a star point guard, um, really since probably Rod Strickland. So it's really nice to have that position shored up. Uh, then. Uh, Obviously, in the second round, or I mean, in the with our eleventh pick, uh, I was pretty happy with that one as well. We got some size with uh, Myers Leonard, and you know, it, I think he's a project. He's a project. It'll take him a little while to uh, probably adapt to the NBA game, but at the same time, he's so athletic. And I hadn't seen a lot of highlights of him early on, and as soon as I started watching just how athletic he was, uh, it, I mean, obviously, it surprised me a little bit. And just watching him play. And when you have that much athleticism, uh, you know he's at least not going to be a stiff. Uh, I would like to see him obviously get a lot more, a lot tougher inside and be able to D up the centers and whatnot. But I think he'll be a really good fit alongside LaMarcus Aldridge. And I think if we're a team that starts getting out on the run, uh, I mean, you got Lillard, 
you have Elliot Williams. You have you just uh, throw the ball up to Elliot yeah, and it's over. Nicholas Batum, Lamarcus Aldridge, and uh, Myers Leonard. I think that's amazing. It's a, running it's a, it's a great team. team, and a lot of media, not just Trailblazer fans, share your same sentiment. I'm looking at the, all the draft grades. Uh, Sam Amick from Sports Illustrated gave the Trailblazers an A plus. Um, he goes on to say, tremendous work by a Blazers group that prepared for the draft while dealing with a major transition period as general manager Neil O'Shea was hired just weeks ago. You know, they got Lillard, they got uh, My- Myers Leonard and Will Barton. He gave us A+, plus, the only team to get an A+. Plus. Uh, CBS gave us an A, and Chad Ford gave us a B+. Plus. Uh, Everyone seems to be in love with Lillard. I am as well. I had Barnes, a higher, a little bit higher rated prospect, and I wanted us to take Barnes, but that was only predicated on if we could take the 11th pick and move up a few slots to take Lillard. But as the draft started to unfold, you could tell the teams were really holding on to their draft picks and they weren't trading at all. So that dream just wasn't realistic. So I was happy we got Lillard. I'm hoping he's the point guard of the future. And... As far as Myers Leonard, you know, I was kind of down on the pick at first, but then I realized there he was probably the best pick we could have made. I really wanted Terrence Ross or Austin Rivers, but both went off the board before our pick at 11. And, you know, Leonard isn't your typical, quote unquote, stiff at center. You know, he's very athletic. I just throws down crazy windmill dunks. He plays with a fire and passion. And he's actually got a nice touch from 15 feet. And, you know, Neil Olshay was talking about that during his press conference that, you know, just run the pick and pop with him. He can shoot that mid-range jump shot. You know, it kind of reminds me of how we ran it with uh, Terry Porter and Kevin Duckworth. Yeah. All right. Well, Shalomar, we got some of our uh, technical difficulties sorted out. Uh, what do you think? On? How do you rate the Portland Trailblazers draft? You hear me? Oh, yeah. Is it on? Oh, yes. Oh, man. Portland's draft, I would definitely – I would I would be – I'm right there with the critics, and I'll definitely give it an A. Uh the draft was important for us because we there were there were spots of need. Obviously, said the point guard position, center position, and uh, I was actually proud of the organization for actually staying pat uh, and, and sticking with the plan. You know, uh, Harrison Barnes was on the board when at that number six, and you know he that's that's a um, an attractive pick right there to to bring in Barnes, who's a, a solid scorer, but uh, we needed a point guard, and getting Lillard. He's the best point guard in the draft. So it's almost kind of like hitting two birds with one stone. Okay. Um, with Myers Leonard at 11, you know, I, the way I look at it is like Drummond's off the board. He was the big marquee center. Uh, Leonard, he was the follow-up guy. We needed a center. He's athletic. He's big. He can run the floor. We need that. And he was the pick. And, uh, you know, obviously we had our, our second round with uh, Will Barton, which is – I feel it's a steal, you know. Uh, that's another score we need. A shooting guard, because I mean, our, our 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 guard core is very thin. We have Wesley Matthews, Elliot Williams, and that's about it. You know, and uh, the thing to know about Will Barton is Draft Express and Chad Ford both had him going 29th overall in the first round in their latest and their last mock drafts prior to the, the actual draft happening. So the Trailblazers definitely did get a first round talent in the middle of the second round. And I, the thing about him is like, yes, he's I mean, you look at his, his stats and you see, you see 18 points per game. But uh, with you, it's the eight rebounds that you see from him. Well, that's, I was about to bring up eight rebounds for a six, six guard. Yeah. You know, they say. Chad Ford said all he really needs to do is add strength and he could see him, you know, becoming the shooting guard in front of Wesley Matthews in a few years. 
but you know, if he's already grabbing eight rebounds at a 6'6", 195, what's going to happen when Bobby Medina gets a hold of him? I mean, he's just going to be a beast under the glass. And I see that that's that's the key signs of being an all-around player, not just an offensive player, you know, and somebody who can just produce points. But when you're able to get inside, you know, get those loose balls, clean up the glass, that's that's like the 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 hardcore stats that people sometimes overlook. That's yeah, and you look at I mean, Damian Lillard obviously was only was playing at Weber State, and so uh, not playing maybe the toughest competition. But you know, as a point guard, hold, pulling down five point one rebounds a game uh, in college, his, his final year there. Uh, you know, he, the, I feel like we just got a lot of players that you just can't question whether or not that they have heart and whether or not they're gonna. Uh, you know, go after and, and and give it their all every time out there. Sometimes uh, you just have to you have to wonder if, if they're these players going to get to the NBA and they're just going to have the confidence and whatnot. But it just seems like a player that's uh, game is predicated on hustling. And uh, sometimes you can just watch a player and you can tell that you know they're not going to have any trouble giving effort at any level. And probably my favorite stat about Damian Lillard was he did finish second in the NCAA in scoring at 24.5 points per game, but he only took 15 shots to get that. So when people might have thought, oh, he plays at Weber State, he's probably just, you know, chucking the ball up every time down the floor. No, he wasn't. He was an extremely efficient scorer, which is what he's going to need to be as a point guard because he's going to have to decide when to distribute and when to shoot. And, you know, it's people bring up the fact that he's, you know, playing at Weber State. Well, you know, it's not like he had the best teammates around him either. That's I mean, I haven't didn't watch a ton of Weber State basketball games, uh, but I, I'm guessing he was far and away the best player on his team. So, you know, while the defenses may not be certainly up to the level of some of the other bigger conference defenses, uh, they are still focusing on him. They are still trying to stop him and him alone. And uh, you know, he did a pretty good job finding his teammates. You know, he averaged four assists a game in the college game. That's a that's a pretty decent number. And yet carried the the scoring load. So and the key to remember when you're talking about assists is it takes two to tango. I could make the greatest pass in the world to you, but if you don't finish that bucket, it doesn't count in the stat sheet. Exactly. But I mean, I think there is legitimate. You know, he's going to have to work on his uh, on his point guard skills and distributing skills and and have that mindset of getting others involved. Sometimes, uh, you know, we'll have to see how much he's going to defer to LaMarcus Aldridge. He's going to have to early on. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I see him as a player that can make that transition. Yeah. I definitely think he has that mindset. Uh, one NBA scout said he was the most unselfish guard he had ever seen. So I think he just had to adapt to his situations at Weber State and realize, you know, I've got to take the scoring load. I'm just going to shoot the ball. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to th- think score first. I think he's going to be the type of player, especially with his work ethic, that he's going to be able to adapt to the situation. You know, if there's a game where LaMarcus or Nick is hot, he's going to get them the ball. But if his teammates are struggling, you know, he's going to look to score. And that's the versatility you, you look for in a point guard. Well, that's the thing that I definitely like about this pick is that when you look at Damian Lillard um, and his ability to score the ball, Coming to the Portland Trailblazers when you already have your all-star L.A., uh, you know, you, of course, you have your wingman, uh, Wesley Matthews, if he gets it going. If he starts playing like how he was playing a few years ago, uh, we won't have to rely on him to have to score the rock almost every possession, you know, because they, we, they're they set up with L.A., you know, with these other scores right here. And then I'm, I'm interested in seeing um, when he's inherited these – teammates these you know these these teammates who are obviously more athletic than the ones he played with at Weber State um how we can transition to that and I think it's uh 
you're going to see his ability to become a playmaker more. He talked, he talked, you know, he touched on that before in like the interviews, the pre-draft interviews that he can be a playmaker. I believe it, you know, it just so happened that, you know, where he was playing that he had to be the guy, you know, he doesn't have to be the, I mean, he has to be an offensive weapon, but he doesn't have to be the main guy here in Portland. And that's going to be like the biggest thing, uh, his biggest transition coming into the league next, uh, this coming season. Um, you know, and uh, speaking of Lillard, uh, Neil O'Shea said that they drafted Damian to be the starting point guard. He said it might not be day one in minicamp, but he is going to be the starting point guard. So they obviously have a lot of confidence in this kid to hand him the keys to the offense fairly soon. You know, they're saying, LaMarcus, you know, you got to trust this guy. We're bringing him in. And that's a lot of pressure, but I think he can live up to it. Well, I think that the guy has a lot of confidence, and that's one thing that I, I really like about him. And I think it's a quiet confidence. Kind it of is. Like Brandon. It is. You know, I, I, I would say like, you know, kind of like the Brandon, the, the D. Rose type confidence. It's like his game speaks volumes. And um, like I said, like right now he's not going to be uh, coming in. He already has L.A. so he can, you know, team up with him. But I, of course, L.A. is the go-to guy. But he has the confidence of – to score the ball he knows he has that shooting touch you know and i don't care if you're from like a big school a big division one school or if you played kentucky weaver state whatever if you're used to scoring the ball and you can put the ball between the you know between the net uh you have that confidence you know how to do it and, and of course going to the nba level it's uh it's a huge jump but you inside you know it you know the your that feeling inside like you know that you can score the rock and people can't beat your confidence you know and what i what i love about lillard is his it's like a killer assassin a quiet confidence and he said he reminds himself of derrick rose when he did that he was doing his uh, interview uh the second episode of license to lillard on youtube and he was talking about a couple years ago how all of the eastern conference all-stars came out and danced but d rose was just on the side just you know stand there it's like let's just play the game yeah and that's what i love about him you know he's not he's confident but he's not cocky and, and he's he's not too flashy and you're not gonna have to worry about him getting an ego he's just gonna be there for the team another thing that i think is gonna be good for him is uh teaming up with Wesley Matthews. I kind of see them like them their personalities kind of fitting in like the same mold. Wesley obviously takes his game very seriously, you know. Very 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 serious. very seriously, you know. <laughs> and I kind of see like here comes that this competition. Here's two guys who like really, I mean, Lillard's coming in here wanting to prove that he belongs in the NBA, you know. Everybody kind of knocked him for playing at a small school, but he says, "Yo, I even though I would play for a small school, yeah, I could make it in the yeah, NBA." Wesley has that same chip from being undrafted, so I definitely see where you're coming from there. Um, to move to Myers Leonard, I think he's going to be more of the the player I'm going to watch in summer league. I, I kind of know what to expect out of Lillard, you know, early on, but Leonard, they say he's a project offensively, but I want to see just him go out there, block shots just hustle and show off that athleticism yeah i definitely don't i'm not i don't have any high expectations for his offensive game like we spoke about um but it's the hustle points you know it's blocking out grabbing the rebounds pursuing the ball you know blocking those shots that's that's like the instant uh, results that we can see you know and uh if he's doing that I i'm happy with that i feel like his offense can develop and it and it can come people say that centers are usually slower to develop uh you know jumping to the nba level but like you said he's a big frame big body you can run the floor they say you can run the floor with the best of them so that's what i want to see when you're out in transition 
I want to see you out there finishing at the rim strong. I want to see Damian Lillard running that break, him alongside him and just throwing it up and go getting it. I can see that. But at 7-1, he measured as the tallest player at the Chicago pre-draft combine. And, you know, he did have two blocks a game in college, which is great. But I'm a little concerned about his 8.2 rebounds. You know, Will Barton almost out-rebounded him, and he's, you know, good six, seven inches shorter. You know, the knock on LaMarcus is that he's not a strong rebounder. I just worry a little bit about that future potential front court rebounding the basketball. Well, I mean, I definitely think that uh, toughness – I'm with the Trailblazers – toughness is an issue with the team sometimes they play a little laxed you know when uh when they need to play gritty um it's a good point you know um you definitely want your big to i mean when if if i have a big he, he he better be hauling in you know double digit rebounds you know and hopefully this is something that he can learn in or he can develop you know in summer league bring him in get coached up and uh, I mean, hopefully he'll be, you know, pulling down boards, you know, because yeah. he's already got the, he's already got the NBA body. Like I said, yeah. seven one, you know, he's 250 pounds, wingspan, seven, three standing reach, you know, nine feet tall. I mean, he's only got five point seven percent body fat. This guy has an NBA body. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like I said, he, he kind of has just that swagger about him. You know, he has that attitude. Uh, you know, you, you, you compare him to Tyler Zeller, you know, you look at Tyler Zeller and he's polished. Um frame wise Tyler Zero is a little bit more frail you know but this guy is almost like he has a freak body you know it's a huge body um huge height like I said the, if he can run the floor and he can rebound and you know I'll wait for his uh offensive game to come along but you know we definitely want to see those that hustle points from him you know and he has all the physical tools to to be a good rebounder and he seems to have a really good high basketball IQ. He seems to know where he's going on the floor. Uh, and that thing's, that's the thing that impressed me the most with him is just the way he moves his body on the floor uh, with a lot of fluidity. Um, you don't see a lot of 7-1 guys uh, you know, throwing down dunks the way he does. He doesn't, he's not just you know, throwing them down hard with a lot of power like a 7-1 center usually does. He's throwing them down with finesse and skill and, and you know, making his dunks look like, you know, like a guard's dunk. And... You know, with his athleticism, I, I feel like he can be a good rebounder. Uh, he seems to have good instincts, uh, but yeah, he's going to have to get tougher inside. He's going to have to going to have to battle for those boards because you know, eight rebounds in college. That you know, there's there's going to be a lot tougher competition going for those rebounds, and you're going to have guys. There's you know, every every NBA player, uh, you know, above six five pretty much goes to the boards and, and rebounds and you got to box out. You got to make sure you get a body on those big guys and uh, keep them out of the paint. Um, and yeah, that is a, that's a knock on LaMarcus Aldridge and, and you know, he doesn't, it doesn't always really, he doesn't attack the rebounds. And so uh, we're going to need somebody to do that. And so looking at a couple of the websites, draft express says Myers Leonard's best case is Tiago splitter. NBA draft.net says he compares to Robin Lopez. Would you guys be, comfortable with him being that type of player at pick number 11 or are you hoping the ceiling's a little bit higher i'm definitely hoping that the ceiling's higher than that i and i think it is i mean i think um i, I feel like i've seen enough skill i think he he'll be somewhere in between robin Lop- lopez and brooke lopez um in terms of you know 
if, if he can have Robin Lopez's defense and Brooke, you know, a little bit of Brooke Lopez's offense, uh, I think we've got ourselves a really good, really good center because there's just not a lot of guys over seven foot that are playing center right now. And I think if you have a good center, uh, you have an advantage. You have something that other teams don't have. You know, and the one thing I'm going to look for more than anything else in summer league is is he able to stay out of foul trouble i realize you can't foul out in summer league but i remember when we had greg odin his first couple games he was just fouling like a monster and that in the few short games he did play with us foul problems were an issue for him is this kid going to be able to stay on the court that's what we need and that that's a good question i think i think he will i mean i think that for now, it's part of it is just the fact that he doesn't seem to really, you know, really body guys up and get a lot of contact in there, um, which, you know, it's a plus and a minus. The plus being, obviously, you don't get as many fouls when you're not doing that. Uh, the minus being that you're not as effective defender. So he'll have to find that balance. He'll have to find that uh, that area that, you know, the good players do um, that, you know, when, when you're using your body to to make sure that the offensive players are getting where they want to go, but not getting in a place where you can be in a position to to reach in and you know get a foul or whatnot. So you know, and judging by his college stats, he only averaged two point nine personal fouls per game, and he only fouled out of three of three of his games this season. So you know, hopefully that does translate to the next level, and he's able to play extended minutes on the court without getting into foul trouble. Because you know, this team as it stands right now has no center other than Myers Leonard. I really don't think you can consider Kurt Thomas a center. Yeah. And I think in, in obviously that can kind of, well, let's talk about Will Barton a little bit uh, first, but yeah, to finish off my Myers Leonard, um, he's athletic, he's big, uh, that combination, hopefully uh, the skills can be learned. Hopefully he can, he can be uh, tough down low, like we need him to be. And if he can be those things, I think he turns into a really nice center and a good, you know, a good, player to have on the team and probably one of the top I mean it's not saying a whole lot but I think I see him as having the potential to be one of the top 10 centers uh in the game someday you know in you know top 10 playing at one time in the league so you're saying he's he's, he's not gonna be the next Shaq I I would say it's pretty safe to say he's not gonna be the next Shaq hopefully hopefully uh somewhere somewhere above like big country reeves or something like that well i hope he's a little bit higher than country reeves but the ceiling i'd like to see from leonard is you know one to two all-star games gets it done on the rebounds he's blocking shots he's a defensive presence in the paint but he's also able to play in the pick and pop with our point guard you know i would be thrilled if he ends up having a career like kevin duckworth duck duck was a most improved player made two all-star games and really was a pivotal player for us during our three-year runs yeah, and they could compare pretty well. I mean, Duck was a, a skilled center. Um, watching some of the highlight videos, just some of the, the things that I saw uh, Myers Leonard do, they reminded me a little bit of Sabonis, obviously not nearly as skilled and talented as Sabonis, but just kind of in the way that they moved, um, just kind of that fluidity kind of seemed to know where they were supposed to go in the court. Uh, and then obviously the passing, I, I've seen some pretty pretty nice highlights of some of his passes where you know he he's a guy that – you know, he knows how to make a good pass to, to a cutting teammate. And anytime you have a guy that can make a good pass to a cutting teammate, it makes teammates want to cut more. And that's how you get easy buckets around the basket. And, uh, you know, with Lillard, I think he can create off the dribble and create his own shot. But then when he gets by somebody, he can uh, drive and dish. Um, and LaMarcus has shown that, you know, he's a pretty good passer out of the double teams and whatnot. So I feel like 
I feel like we're getting the guys, we're getting the shooters around uh, around a good core of a couple big men that uh, hopefully I think will make us really effective here. My question is, do we start Leonard now? I think... Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say that right now he's the best center that we have. But what about it's, free agency, it, though, too? I don't know if you necessarily want to throw him into the fire right away. No? I mean, I think what we've all got to remember is we just took three players and Damien's going to turn 22... In just a few days, um, July 15th, but the other two are 21 years old. So I don't think we should look for these guys to really be impact players right away. I mean, just look for progression with these guys. So it could be a couple years down the road before they're truly starting to pay dividends. Yeah, but Myers Leonard, on the other hand, I mean, like you said, obviously we have free agency coming up. But you know, right now he's he's our, probably our best option at center. Will he start? I don't know. Is he ready to start? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but we'll get into our expectations of what this coming season is. Uh, let's just talk about, real, real quick, Will Barton. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I obviously like the pick, obviously, like we talked a little bit earlier. He was a first-round talent. Everybody kind of had him slated going late first round, and we snag him middle of the second round. So, You know, any time you get a first-round talent in the second round, you've got to be thrilled with it. I like the fact that he comes from Memphis. Even though Calipari is not there, it's still a great program. You know, now we have three Memphis Tigers on the roster, Elliot Williams, Sean Williams, and uh, Will Barton. You know, Chad Ford really raved about him, and he knows quite a bit. It's just I just go back to the rebounds. That's just impressive. Eight rebounds per game as a shooting guard. I mean, people were raving about Bradley Beal getting 6.7, but this guy gets eight. That's almost unheard of. Yeah. And then you also got to look at the, you know, field goal percentage uh, in his two years at Memphis, uh, shooting 42% his freshman year with 30, I think he was playing 30 minutes, sophomore year, 35 minutes, shooting 50%. Um, so obviously you see um, his skills. You know, and a respectable 35% from three. Yeah, yeah. You can't be mad at that. But, yeah, definitely the rebounds is the, the thing that kind of jumping off the page right now. Eight rebounds for the guy. Um, in my book, that means that he's, like I said, he's an all-around player. He plays two ways, not just one. Uh, 18 points per game. Uh, solid score. Solid score. I mean, right now, like I said, we have Wesley Matthews, Elliot Williams, and it's pretty thin. So we need, you know, you can. It's, it's never bad to have another score come off the bench. So overall, what would you give the Trailblazers grade for the draft? Um, I would give him, you know, I would give him, I would give him an A, you know, I would go with A, you know, they hit on the spots where they needed to improve. They also picked up a nice bench player. Um, and I, I feel it's, it's good energy, you know, it's, it's definitely good energy. These are some players that can, I mean, obviously with Lillard, he'll, he'll be in the starting lineup. Um, but you know, the game is changing. It's a guard game now. It's fast paced. You people want to get out and transition and go. Um, I see Lillard being that guy. Um, L- Leonard, like we said before, is a big. Um, he can. He has time to develop and and to to come into his role. Um, I'm just hoping that the other pieces, you know, like the Wesley Matthews. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see Elliot Williams come back. You know, he's showed so much. Um, so many glimpses of the hot, you know, highlight real dunks. And, um, he has that, he has that kind of like that attitude that Lillard has that Wesley Matthews had, you know, he wants to be a winner. He wants to be a scorer. He wants to kind of put his team on his back. So, uh, I definitely like the picks. I'll give him an A. And, uh, what about yourself? What do you, think? you know, I'm going to go just a little bit lower. I'm going to go B plus. 
Love Lillard, one of my f- absolute favorite prospects in the entire draft. I really think the pick Will Barton was is going to be a steal. You know, anytime you could get a potential bench player in the second round, anytime a second round pick stays around in the league, you know, more than five years is a, is a, is a plus in my opinion. The book's still out on Myers Leonard for me. I think he was probably the best pick at 11. You know, I was hoping we maybe be able to trade up and get a Terrence Ross or Austin Rivers. But like I said, teams just were not moving those picks. So we kind of had to stay with what we did. Stan Pat, let the draft come to us. I do like the fact that Leonard is athletic. So I do have high hopes for him. You know, it could eventually down the road, we could look back and be like, this is a tremendous draft for Portland. So I'd definitely give them a B plus easily. Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit, a little bit higher than you. I'm going to say a minus, uh, Again, I, I can't really criticize anything the Blazers did. I didn't feel like we reached for any player. I felt like we took the players that we probably should have taken at the places. Uh, it would have been cool to see us maybe package those two second-rounders to, to move up uh, somewhere in the late first round or whatnot. But that's you know just wishful thinking. If, if teams you know wanted to do that, I'm sure we would have done it. Um, so you know, I feel like the draft was very good. I, I felt very happy with what we did in the draft. Um, I wasn't over-the-top ecstatic and so that's what i would give an a plus if i was over-the-top ecstatic about it and i'm just i'm just real happy with what we got in the draft i feel like we're really setting up for for a good future and so uh so i'd give him a good solid a minus so let's say five years from now we're looking back outside of anthony davis who's who's going to be the best player from this draft Man, I, I would hope <laughs> I would hope Lillard. <laughs> um, I would hope Lillard, but man, I, I I definitely think Thomas Robinson is going to be trouble down in Sacktown with Demarcus Cousins. Man, that 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 front court is going to play physical. Um, a lot of teams, a lot of teams, going to have trouble against that front court. Um, it's scary. Yeah, it's it's very scary. When I look at Thomas Robinson. I see a star as Thomas Robinson. I do too. I know? don't see this. No offense to you, Sage. I don't see this David West. You know fringe all-star type caliber player i see a potential blake griffin you know annual all-star all the time he just he's progressed every year he went from playing behind the morris twins to you know becoming a consensus first team all-american and you can just tell he has the drive to win so i definitely agree with you on thomas robinson another player who we haven't really talked about is bradley beal you know the thunder were reportedly high on him so were the spurs and anytime those two organizations are high in a player something's got to something's got to be right there he and john he and john wall are going to be a fantastic backcourt for the wizards yeah i think so too i think and he reminds me a lot just his body type the way he plays uh you know just reminds me uh so much of uh all of a sudden his name is escaping me shooting guard eric gordon eric Eric gordon Gordon, that's the guy and uh speaking of eric gordon uh obviously we have sage here producing for us and uh, like to hear his input because we haven't really talked about the New Orleans Hornets very much. Obviously, uh, they were they were a winner in the draft by default. They won. They were a winner in the draft when they won the draft lottery. Um, yeah, back a couple about a month ago, and uh, they took Anthony Davis, Austin Rivers. I mean, that's a that's a solid draft. I really like and Quincy Miller. You got and Quincy Miller. He's gonna Darius beat out. I thought Denver got Quincy Miller. I, no, no, Darius, oh, Miller. Oh. Darius Miller. Darius Miller. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. excuse me. I think Darius Miller is going to beat out Xavier Henry for playing time and challenge Al Farouk Aminu. Sage, for- I think me and Shao could beat out Al Farouk Aminu and Xavier Henry <laughs> for playing time. Al Farouk Aminu played pretty well at the end of the year. And Xavier Henry's uh, 
uh, whew, I'm, I'm kind of upset that we picked up his option because he's just going to be that 12th guy on the bench. You know, but Austin Rivers, he is a guy who a lot of people either love or hate. I love his game. I know he's got a little bit of tunnel vision, can't really go to his left, but he's got that swagger to him. He's clutch. He's confident. And he's just going to make make it happen for New Orleans. That is a solid pick. I can't believe he fell to them at into the laps at ten. You you had to take him, even with Eric Gordon on on the on the roster. You just can't pass up on a talent like Rivers. He, he's a student of the game. He said he's been watching, you know, VHS tapes of D Wade, and he just seems like a player who's not going to be happy unless he's the best. So, can you agree with that? When I first, when I was at the draft with Shalmar. I was like, anyone but Austin Rivers. Anyone but Austin Rivers. See, why the hate for Austin Rivers? I, I got to go deeper into that. Is it because he went to Duke? No. I, I just wasn't – he was too cocky for me. But don't all the great players have to have that almost extra cockiness? Yeah. But when I, like, when I went home, I realized the Hornets only really liked nine players on the board uh, in the draft. Austin Rivers was one of them. If he wasn't there, we would have we would have had to reach for your boy Myers Leonard, and I think he's Jason Smith. So I don't really want to. I don't want an elite fifth big man when I can get Austin Rivers. So I'm 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 all right with getting Austin Rivers at ten. I think him and Eric Gordon, because Eric Gordon will be on the Hornets next year, will be a nice little combo. Not not the Blazers have anything mm-hmm. to say about it. So we've talked about, you know, who's going to be the best player five years from now. Five years from now, who's going to be the one player that people look back and say, why did we pass on him? Mm. The one that I, the oh no pick for me was when Perry Jones was slipping and I was like, oh God, he's going to OKC and he's going to have plenty of time to. It's like, how lucky can the Thunder get? Exactly. That's what I was upset with. I was like, why did they get him? He could have all the knee issues in the world and I still think that pick's going to work out for them. Exactly. That's who I was. And then maybe Sully. I like Sullinger. You just took my pick. Sullinger hey. going to the Celtics. You know, if KG re-signs there, KG just has a way. You know, he's the type of player who you hate playing against but love playing for. He's going to, like, mold Sullinger and just to a beast. You know, I know he's got the back problems, the one leg shorter than the other. But when you get to pick 20, that's just straight talent right there. Yeah, Teams are going to be mad at themselves for buying into all this medical red flags on my personal board i would have taken him at 10 but you know i i was a big fan of him i mean he did he did work in college with the bulging disc so and then i heard it was it it was soft muscle tissue not a bulging disc so i don't know what and you can't really i think a lot of people overreact to these medical red flags that come out you know a week before the draft nicholas batum had a reported heart condition that caused him to fall all the way down in the mid-20s where portland picked him up he hasn't had an issue with it now yeah and you look at greg odin i mean there weren't uh by all you know, by all reports, there weren't a whole lot of medical. He had the thing with his legs being, and then the, he broke his wrist. Slightly, yeah, one side is shorter than the other, but then his broken wrist. But that really, I mean, maybe maybe that had something to do with his knees. But obviously, it wasn't a big enough red flag for uh, Portland not to take him or anybody else to really talk about uh, that as a reason to not take him. So, yeah, I mean, I think you know, you look at guys like that; they're obviously talented. Uh, by the time you drop down into the twenties like that. Uh, if you have a chance to take a guy like Sullinger, um, 
or you know Perry Jones. Uh, such amazing value because you're a team that's already good. Although the Celtics are going to have a lot of rebuilding to do here in, an, in a short amount of time, but uh, you know, obviously with Oklahoma City and Perry Jones, they're already good. Obviously, made to the finals. Uh, you know, they don't they don't need somebody that has to contribute there. They just want somebody that's going to be another piece to their to their team that can get them uh, get them you know a championship and help help contribute to that. And uh, you know, Jones is is obviously a player if his knees hold up. You know, and contributes uh, could be one more piece that they have to getting to a championship. If he doesn't contribute, if if something goes wrong, uh, it's twenty eighth pick in, pick in the draft. You don't expect uh, to necessarily get a game changer there. So, and also, don't sleep on Terrence Jones. You know, I, I feel like he got knocked down to the the middle of the first round, and I don't really know why they questioned you know his motor, what, whatever or not. But he's a winner wherever he goes. He wins state titles, then he goes to Kentucky and he wins national titles. He's a an athletic three four who can handle the ball, finish in traffic. I think the Houston Rockets got themselves a steal at eighteen. Well, um, moving on to the back to the Blazers a little bit. Uh, we have free agency coming up, and uh, some reports that uh, guys the Blazers might be targeting. Uh, well, first we got to mention that uh, the Blazers did not offer the qual qualifying offer to jj hickson so now he is an unrestricted free agent right so it looks like the blazers are probably going to be letting him go obviously uh it doesn't look like it, the we're going to be signing uh raymond felton uh jamal crawford opted out um so we have our, our big free agent target target uh would be nicholas patum obviously and we talked about him a little bit last time uh seeing the roster now have you guys' feelings changed at all with nicholas patum um, I still think it's going to be a key piece in uh, free agency. Uh, we definitely need to bring this guy back. Um, but I mean, hopefully we can bring him back to the right price. Like I said before, me, I'm on the fence with like a 10 mil per year offer. I would say more like eight. I would go eight. I would go eight as well, you know, and it feels like it's going to be tough because his agent just wants to go out and get that first highest offer and like look at, look around before coming back to the Trailblazers. And I feel like, that really hurts us because we could go out and sign whoever we want and then come back to Nick and go over the cap to sign him. And I think in the end, all parties would be happy. But for whatever reason, his agent feels like they just want to go out and get that first offer. Well, you know, he's uh, apparently he's out for that uh, that Chris Paul contract or that Blake Griffin contract, you know. Uh, <laughs> but you're not producing 20 points, 10 rebounds, you know. And until you're doing that, we're not giving you that type of money, you know. So... Uh, but he's a key piece, you know, you know to, he's, and he's only 23 years old. It feels like he's been in the NBA forever and he's still only 23 years old. And that's what you have to keep telling yourself. And he does fit in perfect with this roster that we have set up. That's you, true. But I mean, to, 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 to one point, it's like he is 23. He is young. But I mean, there needs to be when is that breakout season going to happen for him where he's just going to be solid? the whole year through yeah. do you, you think know? do you think his ceiling is much higher than what he's been playing at right now do you think he's going to be capable uh, of going to another level and being you know more than he is right now are we happy with what he has produced so far is is it good enough just for him to be you know kind of a defensive stopper and a third option and how much money are you willing to pay for that no he, he's got to definitely step up his game and be more consistent that was probably my biggest gripe with his game was one night he'd come out and score 20, very aggressive, you know, pull up off the dribble, attack the basket, and we're like, yeah, this is a guy we we want. And then there's other nights where he kind of like defers and shies off into the corner. 
And so I think it's more of a mentality mindset from him. And I think that's something that the the next coach, whoever it is, will be able to find him a defined role. And I think that's really what he needs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's good in the open floor, so that could definitely benefit the Blazers. Uh, it, like I said, it looks like we have a team that is built on running and gunning. Uh, and, you know, he is good in the open floor. He can finish around the basket and uh, he would be good in that run and gun kind of offense. You know, when he's got just the most beautiful stroke from downtown, you just sometimes you have to beg Nick, shoot the ball. You know, come on, just let it fly. You need to look to score. And I wish he would play with that confidence, that swag that he plays with the French national team where he knows he's the guy. I feel like the fans feel like he's the guy in Portland, but I don't think internally he truly embraces that role. So once he embraces that role, I think just look out. I think he does have a much higher ceiling than what we're seeing well, now. But now do you think with Damian Lillard, who is obviously going to be taking some shots uh, and he'll be looking to get his teammates involved too, but he's definitely a scoring point guard. He has the ability to score. He'll be looking for his own shot at times. Uh, do you think if Nicholas comes back, if that could help, that could uh, kind of retard his growth um, by having a, a guy with like Lillard, that's going to be shooting, taking some shots too. Well, I think you need a big three. So there's there's enough for three people to get shots with Lamarcus Lillard and Nick. But is Nicholas going to be the guy that you know I don't takes think his shots? Nick gets... necessarily has to be a one, a two, or a three. You know, option wise, I just want to see Nick not be afraid to shoot the ball. Right, like pull up on a break, just shoot the three. If he's only, it's not really the amount of shots he's taking; it's when the shots are taking. I've seen him just pass up on too many big shots, and you know, you're screaming at the TV, just just let it fly, Nick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know how many, how many games I've seen him first half come out 12, 15 points, second half just disappear, you know? And that's, I mean, you have to, it's, it's weird. So here's my thing with Nichols Batum. Always felt like he always played to his role. So if he's a bench player, if he's a reserve, he only plays up to reserve level. If he's a starter, if he's inserted into the starting lineup, he plays to, you know, almost that elite level. But like I said, there's those times where he's just, um, he comes out on fire and then he just kind of fades off. And let's, you know, either L.A. or Wes Matthews, you know, uh, them take over the show. And I'm like, no, you know, Nick, you need to continue this. You know, you had the hot hand and you just have to be a little bit more assertive with your game. You know, like I don't I don't know. The weird thing about it is like I don't know how you improve that. You know, is that just like an internal thing? And that was or? my question. You know, that's my question is, is, is he going to be able to to be that guy that um you know, maybe late down the stretch, Marcus isn't hitting. Uh, you know, is, is he going to be able to be like, okay, give me the ball. I'm going to score for you guys. I, I haven't seen it out of him. Well, it, it brings me back to the 2000 Blazers when we had Rasheed Wallace as our guy. And we would just beg him, get in the post and shoot and shoot and shoot. He's unstoppable. But he didn't embrace that role. He didn't want the ball all the time. He was too unselfish. And you see a little bit of that in Nick and you you do wonder, could he ever have that killer instinct? But I've never seen him, you know, shy away from taking a game-winning shot. I remember this year against the Jazz, actually, LaMarcus went out. We ran a, a little curl for him. He had the ball. He was dribbling towards the basket, and he was getting ready to take it. You know, of course, with the Blazers, an injury occurred, and he rolled his ankle. But, you know, he was ready to take it then. I, I, I just think once the new coach comes in and he gets his role defined, 
I think you're going to see a, a new and improved. And, I, and I've seen him in big game situations take those shots. And I, I guess I'm not questioning the, the one big shot. He has shown the knack for hitting that, obviously. Uh, he I mean, had, what about the free throws uh, against the Spurs that, a couple years ago? Oh, yeah, and the, the, the alley-oop lay the in the against the Spurs. Yeah. No, I, I think he does have the ability to hit those big shots. He doesn't seem to be a player that in the clutch – he seems to be a very clutch player. But uh, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about down the stretch, the last – you know. 10 minutes of the game. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here a little bit here, but uh, you know, will, will he have a stretch where he scores, you know, you know, in a situation where we really need him to, can we say, all right, Nick, we need, you know, 10 points in a row out of you. And, you know, it's not going to be like that every time, but will there be games? I mean, and maybe not even the beautiful thing with the team is if you bring in the alert, he's got that. LaMarcus has obviously got that. So maybe the burden to produce like that will lessen Nick. I mean, because he won't have to do that all the time. Okay. So then that said, how much are we willing to offer the guy that doesn't want to take over the game and is just a good third option? Not Tim Mill. My, my, <laughs> I would be comfortable at eight, but I know he's going to get a larger deal than that. Yeah. So uh, what are you willing to match then? If, you know, say Cleveland or Toronto comes along, offers him $11 million, you willing to go $11 million? It's not my money. I don't. It, it's hard to say because who else? Who else are we signing in this scenario instead? You know, are we keeping this cap space for next year to go after somebody? It's it's so hard to say yes or no without looking at the entire picture. It's true. So uh, talking about what we can do with our money, who are some other targets that we got? You know, I definitely like Ursan Ilyasova out of Milwaukee. He's an unrestricted free agent. He can just fill it up from the outside. Handles the ball well for a big guy. I feel like he and Lamarcus would complement one, one another. My only fear is that he played um, extremely well down the stretch. He won a few Eastern Conference Player of the Week honors. I think he might command too much money. As for my number one target is Steve Nash. Uh, Even if you're giving him three years, what better mentor for Damian Lillard than Steve Nash? Probably the greatest point guard to distribute and score the the pure mix that he does. Two-time MVP. And what I also like is he hasn't played more than 34 minutes since like per game since 2007. So Lillard would be getting great minutes and, you know, great practice. What happens to Nolan Smith in that situation? Well, Neil O'Shader in the press conference last night after the draft said Nolan Smith's a combo guard. You know, that's the first time I really heard one of our executives come out and say it, you know, you know, fairly bluntly like that. So Nolan's a combo guard. And by his own admission, I was reading an article recently where he was uh, he was interviewed and he was saying that towards towards the end of last year, where he had a few games, a good a few good games uh, there towards the end of last year, uh, he quit just trying so hard to be a point guard and just went with the flow like he did in college and you know in his combo guard role and he racked up a few assists and he racked up some points and uh, yeah I think that's what he's going to be. Um, I always I see him as a guy that's going to stick around in the league. I think that. You know, I think he's skilled enough. And he's, he's actually – I saw very good defensive tendencies out of him last year. He looked like he was a good defender. He'd stay in front of his guy. Uh, he's very long and spidery. Uh, he just seems like a player who is going to be around the league for 10 to 12 years. He's got a very high basketball IQ. You know, his father played in the NBA. And you talk about Duke. He was a two-guard at Duke. The only reason he played point guard was when Kyrie Irving went down with this toe injury and he had to step in for them and, and play the point but he he really is more of a two and like you said last year when he had his most of his success was when johnny flynn came in or felton came in and and ran the point and he was allowed to almost spot up and shoot and make plays off the ball 
And I think, you know, even though he's a little undersized, we could still see some success at that with him. Yeah. And I agree. But, you know, as we go forward, you know, we have Wesley Matthews, we have Elliot Williams, who I think, you know, I forget about a lot because he just, he hasn't had a lot of time to prove himself, but the flashes that I've seen from him, um, which have only been cut short because of injury, um, which isn't, which is something that we have to worry about, but he, he has been, you know, seemingly he's got all the tools and he, he's got a lot of confidence. He's got a good shot, uh, except for maybe from the free throw line. We saw some struggles there, but I think that's just, I think he'll get that together. Uh, he's got a lot of confidence and he, you know, he can jump straight out of the gym and throw it down like no one else. So, um, you definitely mentioned, you know, forgetting about Elliot Williams and, you know, I kind of did that too during the draft. I was wanting all these, these shooting guards and you're rightfully so that was a very shooting guard heavy draft. But then, you know, I went home, slept on it, woke up, and it's like, you know, we have Elliot Williams. You know, he and Damian Lillard in that backcourt for the future is is going to be lights out. And so, you know, I'm very happy with that potential future backcourt. He just carries himself like an NBA player. He has the moves of an NBA player. He can create his own shot. You know, he's kind of got that – he does have that that confidence, that, that, that quiet swag. 